0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 27th of October. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Faddy to discuss the recent developments in the financial markets. Good morning, John. Morning, Paul. If I can start, our weekly market brief is entitled Back in Lockdown. Well, today's morning comment highlights that there's a risk-adverse tone to investor sentiment. What's going on with the markets, John, and why are things becoming so nervous?
1: So we've seen markets a bit more nervous over the last couple of days, and even indeed the last couple of weeks, because what we saw over the summer was a sharp rebound in economic activity. But it appears as if as we move through the third quarter into the fourth quarter, some of the major advanced economies have lost some momentum. So we saw that recently in the flash PMIs, the purchasing manager indices. These are high-frequency surveys, measures of activity. You know, over the last couple of months, they've eased back. So the concern is that after the summer rebound, some of those major advanced economies, including the Eurozone, the UK and even the US, have lost momentum into the fourth quarter. So it could be the case that, you know, you get a sharp rebound in Q3 and then you stall or even possibly contract in the fourth quarter. So that's making markets a, a bit more nervous because of the fact that you know restrictions are being reimposed to some extent in, in various different countries yeah. due to higher COVID-19 numbers. And at the same time we're in the corporate earnings season yeah. and that's reflective too of the concern out there that you know underlying corporate earnings and the outlook for corporate earnings is much more challenging against that backdrop so all those things combined are just weighing on sentiment so we've seen equity markets move lower as you say we started this week on Monday the S&P down around nearly 2% European equity indices down around 2% as well so you know a bit more of a risk-off tone all right over the last while so so markets more nervous however the main currency pairs
0: euro sterling euro dollar remain very subdued in very tight ranges why so?
1: Yeah, so in terms of where we are on that front, as you say, it's a bit of a contrasting position. We've seen equity markets move, you know, a lot more action there, sharper moves. Whereas in contrast, the main currency pairs in terms of euro dollar, euro sterling. And the like much more stable currency markets are less reactive to the news on that front so i suppose one reason for that is uh, the monetary policy outlook is relatively certain in terms of we've had the fed cut interest rates they've basically gone with unlimited qe the ecb have introduced a pretty comprehensive qe program so the market is much more sight and much more comfort around what's happening on the monetary policy front. similarly with the bank of england in terms of you know the expectations they've cut further again so but the markets, from a currency viewpoint, probably know is that, okay, all the major central banks have eased policy again, so there's no uncertainty yep. over what are they going to do, and if anything, some of those central banks, including the Bank of England, could cut rates again, and the ECB could extend its QE program. So there's a bit, a bit more certainty there. So monetary policy isn't a cause of uncertainty for currency markets. Okay. So currency markets know that, okay, if the economic downturn gets worse, or if we stall again in Q4, and it looks as if more stimulus is needed, Central banks have basically said they will provide it, so it provides. So that's helped too. Now, we have seen a little bit of volatility on the sterling front,
0: yeah. And and then, on just on sterling, for then, John, obviously, we've spoken about Brexit for the last number of weeks. One of the biggest concerns oh, the last number of years, well, not the years exactly <laughs> one of the biggest concerns I would hear from customers is the risk of, of something being announced unexpectedly and that having significant event risk for this for sterling. Now look, can I ask you though, is your own sense that the kind of the very slow progress that we're seeing at the moment, does that give us some sense that we'll probably know in advance which way this is actually going to end up or is yeah. it still
1: too difficult to call. Well, if you look over the last couple of days, so if you talk, think back to last week, we came into the weekend a week ago where you know the talks had stalled, yeah. and then we started the week where okay, they were going to resume the talks, they agreed to resume them, and they were making progress in terms of the key issues that were you know caused the talks to stall in the first place. So sterling didn't get a huge bounce from the talks re- resuming we Got back down towards 90, and yeah, that was it. But yeah. we were basically trading in the 90 91p rate in terms of euro sterling, yeah. And this morning, you know, we were just you know close enough to 91p again. So, anytime you're above 90p at the moment, it tells the markets still concerned. Now, it's not overly concerned if the market was very concerned, then we'd be closer to 93p, longer, yeah. but the market's still a little bit concerned because the general consensus is that they will do a free trade agreement, it'll be fairly basic, but at the same time. The idea was to have it done by October to allow two months. But that was,
0: was that the UK though, given that direction? Or well, it, it, was, it was
1: the general timetable that was felt to be needed to allow two months of ratification. Okay. So if you think where we are in the calendar now, it's probably not likely to put in place in October. So the talks are going to go in and probably around the middle of November. Forever. Yeah. Uh, so the market is, so that's why Sterling is probably still above 90p because the clock is ticking. And one thing we do know for sure is that the UK has been categoric about not looking to extend the transition. Market. Okay. So that's why the clock is ticking that's why euro sterling is still above 90p probably because the general consensus a deal can still be done but there still is a risk that they won't and given the time frame that's reflected in where euro sterling is so not a lot of volatility but to sterling on it because the general view is that they will get a deal done
0: yeah okay and we move to the other main currency pair that our customers trade in which is euro dollar john and if i bring it back four years ago because i'm thinking this time next week we've got the u.s election go back four years ago Expectation was if Donald Trump won, we'd have a huge uncertainty for the dollar. And actually, what happened was what materialised: the dollar strengthened on the back of the result. Now, obviously, there's going to be possibly event
1: risk for next week. What's your sense with the with the dollar? Yeah, so I think the sense of the dollar from the election is that if it's a clear result, either President Trump another four years, or it's Joe Biden that wins, I don't think there's going to be a huge reaction from currency markets. Okay. Uh, I think where you could get markets and currency markets get a bit nervous if it's not a clear cut result. And it could go yeah. to the courts and drags yeah. on. And one thing we know is markets don't like uncertainty. Yeah. So at that point, then, you could get a bit of volatility for the dollar. Now, it could be the case that if it prompts a lot of risk aversion of markets, it could actually be supportive yeah. uh, of the dollar. Yeah. As we talked previously about how the dollar is taught out during times of safe haven. Yeah. But if it's very U.S.-centric, it could be a negative for the dollar. And obviously, the presidential election is a U.S.-specific event. But overall, if there's a clear winner on either side, then the market's not going to react too yeah. much to it. It's where we're going to see the reaction in terms of where equity markets may get nervous, and that is if it's an uncertain outcome and it looks as if it could be up to the courts to decide who the winner is, yeah. then that level of uncertainty and that will drag on would be a negative for markets. It could cause a little bit of volatility from a dollar perspective. Yeah, so like unlike other elections in the past in the
0: US, the, the complications of COVID in terms of postal votes and all that. There's obviously a, 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 this there's is a risk this yeah, 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 There's yeah, a heightened yeah, risk yeah. that we could have yeah. A situation where there's not going to be a clear cut winner And
1: it could take a fair bit of time oh, Leading yeah. to uncertainty and then maybe uncertainty yeah. for the dollar and, and markets don't like that uncertainty So that could, that could lead to volatility for the dollar But if it's a clear cut winner, either Trump or Biden Then dollar's probably going to not react hugely okay. to that
0: John, fine. I just want to reflect on the Irish economy So we've seen a number of European countries Increasing restrictions to try and contain The second wave of Covid over the last week or so But none more so than Ireland What's your thoughts and what's the, like, the impact for performance in Q4?
1: Yeah, so what we've seen is COVID-19 numbers increasing throughout Europe. You know, we've seen in terms of Spain, Germany, France. But it's only uh, Ireland and Wales that have gone for reimposing national lockdowns. And even the Welsh one is, is a two-week, what they call a firebreak lockdown. So the Irish government has gone much further with this, with a six-week lockdown, even though the second wave is, you know, compared to the rest of Europe, but compared to the last time around too in terms of hospitalizations. Yeah. ICU mortality rates are much lower to the first uh, wave so when you put all that together it seems like a pretty dramatic move in here in the European context but also given the nature of this outbreak. But it's fair to say certain sectors lockdown. are staying open though. Yeah, yeah so it's slightly different compared to the last lockdown in terms of construction, schools, all manufacturings remaining open and some more retail activity so it's not to the same extent of a lockdown the last time but nonetheless it is dramatic compared to what's happening elsewhere in Europe in terms of degree of lockdowns. So what we know the last Time round when we look at what happened, the impact of the lockdown in Ireland on the underlying economy. So forget about GDP, look at modified final domestic demand. Yeah, and the last time round, what we saw there was a contraction of sixteen percent. That in was the second Q2. Quarter. John, yeah, okay. That was right, Q2. Yeah. And as part of that, we saw a 20% fall yeah. uh, in consumer spending. So our GDP didn't fall by half as much because of our export sector. Of course, we yeah. talked about this before in terms of yeah. the two sides of the Irish economy. The export sector did well. So GDP only contracted by 16% during the last quarter that encapsulated a lockdown. So the contraction GDP was 6%, but the contraction modified final domestic demand, which is a much better barometer yes, than the yeah. underlying, was over 16%. So that's the concern. And really, you know, Ireland needs to get better at managing new waves of the virus. If they continue throughout 2021, because rolling lockdowns risk inflicting permanent damage on the economy, especially from, you know, the long term scarring effects such as rising business failures, increasing bad debts, permanently higher unemployment and lower labour force participation and less efficient allocation of resources. You know, these are things that will impact the economy over a much longer period of time. So, you know, in terms of as we get into next year, you know, we need to manage the situation better. To make sure that we don't those long-term scarring effects don't you know become higher and start to materialize because that is the key over the medium term in terms of how we deal with the virus and allow the economy to be able to operate and and reduce as much as possible permanent business closures and permanent job losses yeah okay john many thanks for the update and a big thanks
0: to our customers colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast to stay up to date with the latest market developments please subscribe to aab's market talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And for those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details at AAB support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC